Hey, welcome to the program, folks. Today, I am excited to welcome the very talented Kim Kleeman. Hi, Kim. How are you? Good. Thanks, Barbara. Thanks so much for having me. Hey, I'm more than happy to have you on the show. And, you know, I've been listening to your um, your morning uh, inspirational messages. So I thought it was really important to have you on the show today to share some mis- interesting things and observations that you have had and that you've shared with a bunch of folks um, and really helping folks along the way. So I'm really excited to have you. I think the timing is amazing and perfect and all that stuff, but I know there's a lot more to you than that. And so we met um, at your event through the inner circle, right? Yes. <clears throat> Yeah, so we have a, a mutual, um, amazing superstar friend called Sarah, and and thank you, you you know brought me in. I got to close your day of wonderful speakers, so thank you for trusting me that way. That was a big trust. You were That's wonderful. <clears throat> uh, but it was but it was clear that you have surrounded yourself with a lot of incredible, amazing people, and there's a reason for that because you're very talented and skilled and. I know you've helped a lot of people. So I just want to give folks a little bit of background on you, and then I'll give you a moment to share a little bit about yourself, because you've got a pretty impressive background. Um, And you've got some uh, recognitions that a lot of people don't have that I think is really important for people to know about you. So you specialize in growth for companies, and I know you really focus on like a small, medium entrepreneurial um, company, because that is your history and that's your love and your passion so I know you focus really strongly on that and and beautifully at it Um, but man you have made the list of top women in digital marketing a Chicago Cranes 40 under 40 that's just insane Um, and you landed your first company on the Inc 500 list Um, wow so you really understand how to take businesses and create um, success from them. I mean, you truly get that. Um, so you use a lot of uh, tools. You are into tech acceleration. Um, you're the co-founder of the Inner Circle uh, Network with your sister, Joy, uh, who is equally as lovely as you are. And you surround yourself with a lot of business professionals, and you're always networking and sharing and, and doing a lot of really interesting things within the community. So that's my introduction of you, but what do you want us to know about you? Uh, well, first of all, thank you so much for having me, Barbara. And uh, it was so great that you came and spoke to us um, at the summit. And so first and foremost is I'm an entrepreneur. Um, I grew up in a family uh, of business owners in the bakery business. And um, I started my first business um, out of necessity. How do I have the life that I want to live. And luckily in my DNA, I had some of those original skill sets sort of baked in. Um, And uh, a lot of what I do now with Accelerate Successfully is that I am focused on impacting as many small businesses as I can. I'm trying to help them use a formula that I've seen again and again in business work to bring companies or leaders to the next level. And so, you know, that is one of my passions and my mission is to 
um, help in companies all over the world, all over the country sure. um, to excel. But here in Chicago specifically, we started the Inner Circle. Um, so it's no surprise, my older brother owns his own businesses, my sister owns her own business. So um, we you know, decided that it made sense to try and pull specifically my network, which was very um, unique with marketing and tech and real estate. Um, together and pull that into an organization called the Inner Circle, where we bring business to business members together to um, basically rise together. Our motto is um, we are collaborative, not competitive, because we believe that there's plenty of business for everybody. Yeah. So that's what I'm up to. Well, that's that's fantastic. And um, and I see that, you know, you impact people every day. So it's a beautiful thing to see. You know, you talked about wanting to be uh, you wanted a certain lifestyle, so you knew that you needed to have, you know, a role in life that would allow you to have that lifestyle. What was it that you were looking for in your lifestyle that you wanted to, to actually, like, how did you want to live? Like, why did you choose this? Yeah. Live, like, what does that look like? It's a great question. So I watched my parents who did not have college degrees build up businesses, have five kids, put them through private schools, live wow. in an affluent suburb. And so I come from a very unique set of, uh, of people who make something from nothing. And that, I thought everybody did that. And then it turns out that that was this, you know, this very unique thing. Yeah. So I, um, I started to teach and my husband, who is still a teacher, we realized we weren't really gonna be able to pay for daycare or buy a house in the suburb that we wanted to. Like some very simple things that when people say like, oh, a teacher doesn't make a lot of money, you go, oh, I, I get it, I'm doing it, I love the kids. Right. And then you start to have your own children and you realize like, who's gonna be there for them? Right. Um, and so I had the skill set to go and turn that into creating my first business, which essentially was me hiring my teacher friends to write textbooks. <laughs> so I, I was really uh, pretty entrepreneurial right at the beginning of that. And um, I loved teaching. Uh, I left it. Uh, and then I hired a lot of my former students. So I got a chance to um, train up my, my students uh, in the job for workforce as well, which was pretty cool. Oh, that's really cool. So what, what, what was it that you were doing that got you recognized um, as a Crane's 40 under 40? How, what was that they were focusing on? Sure. So I tell a great story that when I was at the Be Legendary conference, thank you for having me, by the way. Great to have um, you. I, I loved you. <clears throat> thank you. Um, I spoke about how I got to the Inc. 500, which was that I was really applying for the Inc. 5000. It was the first time it was offered, Inc. Magazine. And really, uh, they, I, I didn't believe that I made the 500. I thought I made 5,000, 4,999 maybe. And it turned out that we were number five in education. And that, I was so shocked that when they interviewed me on the phone, Inc. Magazine ended up doing a whole separate interview about my crazy family and my life and all of that. Um, and and uh, it's a great article that I still love. Uh, Crane's uh, 
got wind of that. And then when nominations started coming in, uh, I apparently I was heavily nominated. I don't know by whom, um, but I was sort of uh, a very young entrepreneur and I was a female and I was a mom. It was all these things that people thought like, no, there's no way you could start a business with all these, you know, elements. Um, but I, nobody was going to tell me that. Yeah. So the ink, the, the Cranes 40 under 40, I was named it. And, you know, unfortunately my older brother was a little jealous, you know, he, he didn't get that honor, you know, talk about some competitive sibling moments, but he was like, wow. you got that 40 under 40 and, you know, but I don't worry. He made the Cranes fast 50. So he's doing just <laughs> fine. <laughs> so That's it was cool. really cool to be named. Yeah. yeah. It's a great story. Yeah. Thank you. So what is it that, you know, what is it that you see in other businesses that make you want to help them? And what do you see that people are doing or not doing? Like, what gets you jazzed up when you talk to someone like me or someone who's got a business that makes you want to help them? Sure. Well, first and foremost, my expertise lies sort of in the top line growth. So sales and marketing. Um, I'm able to kind of look at a business figure out what their strategies and their revenue model are, and then help them to create some plans on how to grow. And um, I, I think that's something that I just naturally think about. I'm, I'm, I'm really creative in my thinking. Mm -hmm. And so I'm bringing ideas. I read a lot as a former, as a former English teacher. I read a lot. So I, um, I, I'm constantly going, oh, I saw this over here. What would it work over here? Sure. And because I didn't yeah. grow up in constructs of like, this is your job and this is your role. Yeah. I am able to sort of think very, very broadly about things sure. and then distill it down really quickly. And so that's typically what I bring to companies. Is, Have you tried sure. this? Here's how this would work. Here's how I've seen it sure. done. And typically that's going to help a company to pivot or to get to the next level um, by just a creative idea that they implement. Sure. So that's a lot of what I bring to the sure. table. And then the connections, because listen, we all need power partners and we all need um, mentors and we all need um, uh, staff and, and future employees. And so uh, because I'm just a very extroverted extrovert, uh, I've you know, yes, you collected are. a lot of really <laughs> I really am, um, that I've collected a lot of really cool people along the way that I match up strategically, uh, but that got to be overwhelming. So we had to put it into an actual community to build that up. Um, and, and luckily my sister Joy that you mentioned, who is lovely, she's much more process oriented than I am. And so she helps to keep that thing running. <laughs> yeah. Well, you guys are a great partnership and we, you know, working alongside you at with the different events, we definitely see what a great partnership it is. So it's, and it's wonderful that you can do that with your sister. And not only that, you seem to like, you really like each other and that's always a benefit too. <laughs> oh yeah. She's, She's a best friend, that's for sure. It's been really hard with everything going on to not be able to see her and oh, and yeah. uh, talk to her and yeah. you know all those things. So I think it's um, it's given us some newfound gratitude for each other. You know, I bet, I bet, yeah. yeah. So you, when you talk about working with uh, businesses, is there one thing that you see m most businesses? Um, doing that blocks them from moving forward in a positive direction? 
Sure. I mean, listen, business is not stagnant. It moves forward or it moves backwards. And um, we're in some unprecedented times. So we're trying to figure out how to move forward when it feels like we're sort of in molasses or in mud. And that's the biggest challenge I think there is. So right now I just launched a 15 day challenge starting this Friday um, in order to just keep people uh, from uh, staying stuck that even small goals feel super productive right now. So I'm trying to help businesses understand ways to communicate, ways to take opportunity without seeming opportunistic. Much sure. of that is communications and marketing. And we only just have to look at some of what's happened um, in the press lately of companies who may have taken money from funding, who may have given it back, right? Yeah. Reputationally, yeah. there's all these things <coughs> happening yeah. that are perception based yeah. and maybe not even really the reality of what you know, was happening. Right. And so you really have to be aware for your company on how you're marketing and messaging right now. So those are kind of the places that I help besides brand new services or pricing and packaging where you sure. might need to really think about the way that you're putting your offer out there right now, mm -hmm. uh, which may be different than you were doing three months ago. Absolutely. Absolutely. You know, you talked about power partners. Describe power partners and what's important about that relationship. Sure. So my belief on power partners is that it's a two-way street. That what you look for as a entrepreneur or a business development professional is you're looking for somebody who's going to help you build a pipeline of opportunities so that what happens over maybe three to five years of building up strong power partners is that you are going to have people that when you're ready for new business, you just have to check in with them or they're sending you steady work going. But those power partners are really difficult to figure out who's the best for you. And there's a little bit of trial and error, but let's say that you're in real estate and you're an agent then mm -hmm. you already know that some of your power partners are part of the sales process. Yeah. Mortgage brokers, insurance agents, the title company, yeah. the real estate attorney. There's a lot of people involved within that process. Yeah. And the more that you can develop power partners within that process, the more that they're going to recommend you and bring people to you as mm -hmm. well. And suddenly, if you have three to five power partners like that, you, will, you won't have to go out and search for new business um, you know, like, you, you know, like you can't find it anywhere. Right. You just have to call three or five people right. to sort of get more business churned up for you to look at. You know, I think so that's, that's really, how I look at a power yeah, partner. That's a great example. And I think the real estate really is the epitome of being able to easily show power partners because, you know, once you build that trust, it, it almost becomes your own little private community because um, you know they're going to get the work done for you and you know you're going to have a good, satisfied customer um, as opposed to solving problems or trying to reduce conflict. So those power partners are really, they're not short-term. They really can be very long-term relationships. Oh, yeah. I mean, the key here is that you're picking some people that you can trust, 
So that means that they support you if something goes wrong, they have your back and they help to work out the problem. Um, it might mean that they speak highly of you and recommend you sure. uh, as word of mouth. And they frankly help you collect. I mean, right now, uh, one of the biggest challenges is collecting on dollars that are out there. And your power partners may have better access to somebody than you do. So there's lots of reasons why a long-term relationship makes sense. But here's the truth. The truth is that most people think power partners is a one-way street. You bring me referrals and I thank you very much for that. Yeah right? Or I give you a commission for that or yeah. something. That's not, that's just leads. That's not actually power partners. Yeah. And so it's really important that you're understanding when you look at the most successful people in, you know, consultive sales, they are not out there having to search high and low for clients right. because they just call their power partners and put on an event or ask for a lunch or yeah. one of those ways that just, uh, you know, signals that there's business to be done. Well, and let's face it, it's about building a relationship with somebody. Yeah. Yes. And I, I would, the way you're talking, I would assume some of these power partners may become friends over a long period of time also. <clears throat> I hope so. I mean, listen, business associates it become family friends, become yeah. the people that over the years have your back. Yeah. Um, they may be your attorney, your CPA. Um, it might be um, a, somebody who's uh, brought you the biggest deal of your life and, and right. you'll, you'll always want to repay them. It might be the person with the most random network, but it gives you an opportunity to talk to some new people. Sure. And so that's really the great part about it is um, that hopefully you work with people who have similar core values to what you have. Yeah, absolutely. Absolutely. And I think that's, you hit on it. It's about having similar core values um, because it is really hard to align with someone when the values, even though you may be in the same business, if your values are so distinctly different, it is very difficult to build that relationship with people, isn't it? It is. I mean, I have a good example of that where I was involved in a transaction with a bank and a real estate deal. And uh, one of the people, you know, the, the bank made a mistake and it was clear that we could have gone back and gotten and made more money than we wanted to. And one side of the transaction party wanted to do that. And one side said, hey, listen, we could make an extra X amount of dollars on this transaction. But mm -hmm. if the bank looks at that later on and sees that we took advantage or just mm -hmm. even that we know our own integrity was compromised just for a mm -hmm. couple thousand extra dollars or whatever it is, is that really worth it? And you know, that's the, that's the, those are the people you mm -hmm. want to align yourselves with are yeah. people in which they say, nobody's watching and I'm still going to do the right thing here. Yeah, that's exactly the truth, right? You know, and, and I, I kind of wonder right now, you mentioned, you know, some examples of how things are now in the news where companies are maybe not making the right decisions and some are making really powerful, positive decisions. Do you think that that's something that we're going to be facing more and more of over the next couple of months of seeing those who are making maybe not so good decisions in, in the um, eye of opportunity or in the eye of survival. Um, do you think we're going to see more of that coming out? It will be very interesting to see what the government does with more funding. I mean, it's obvious that we are going to need this. We're going to need it much longer. Um, I was in a meeting today in which, you know, Q3 and Q4 are being talked about and like, what's the recovery in those, those 
that those months look like. So right. as we look out on this, I do think, unfortunately, um, all eyeballs are on social media and the news right now. We have nothing else really to do. We're, we're all home. Yeah. <clears throat> and so it's very, very important for companies to think about how they're communicating and be as transparent as possible, but also save themselves from some painful PR moments here. And so, you know, if there's an investment that I would recommend at this point, it would be to make sure that your employees um, are understanding and are with you at this time and that they're not against you at this time um, wow. because you yeah. just need one disgruntled employee to go on Glassdoor or go on social yeah. media or go to the media. And yeah. so I've seen some HR companies come out with employee hotlines that if management wants to keep tabs on it and fix the problems internally, they can sure. um, rather than that spilling out into um, yeah. our so because we you know I've heard people say I'm not going to forget which companies did this I'm not going to forget right. which companies did that and right. that makes me think that people are are taking notes you know they're they're exactly. watching they are yeah. and there's and there's, on the other flip side of that from my HR background what we also know is when very these times are really tough and I don't know how many millions of people we have um, filing for unemployment right now but you're going to have a handful of jobs. And you're going to have thousands, if not multiple thousands of people applying for those few jobs. And so companies are going to feel like they have, you know, a little bit of edge on what's happening out there because they've got those few jobs. But you're right. Um, all things come to neutral eventually. And then do you want to be known as that company who has made good choices or not in the long run? I think you bring up a really good point. I mean, certainly for me, um, laying people off was one of the hardest things I ever did in my life. And I had to do it in 08. And um, it was friends and it was coworkers, people I'd worked with for 10 years. Um, and I tried to be as honest as I could during that process. But there's usually larger narratives at play that you may fall privy to. At the yeah. time in 08, it was that all CEOs were evil and it didn't matter if you were making you know, $25,000 as yeah. a CEO or yeah. $25 million, you were sort of in that bucket. And, yeah. and that was uncomfortable, right? Yeah. Um, and so now it's, you know, what's small business? Uh, if you look at the rules and the guidelines of the word small business, it is a very big definition. Yeah. And so a lot of the bad press is sometimes just a narrative versus the reality that, you know, those companies were actually maybe keeping people on because they got that funding and that right. was keeping them from laying off another 300 people or, or right. exactly. you know, there's a lot of that back end stuff. And then let's be honest, uh, companies are changing strategies. And so they right. may let go of an entire department because that's not the strategy moving forward to 2021 and yeah. there may be a strategy for something new and so they might hire they might fire over here and hire over here and Definitely. it looks to the lay person like it makes <clears throat> no sense but that's because there are people inside trying to save a company right exactly exactly it's it's a really tough position to be in because you also can't lay your hands out on the table because there's you know competitive issues with that as well so there's a lot at stake for so many you know these times are really trying for a lot of people but for leaders who have now everyone's looking to you 
to do something magnific magnificent to save the day. Um, what do you think some of the greatest qualities of the leaders who are successfully leading right now um, are, are, are showing to be? So this is a really great question because I did a, a speech uh, last year to Northwestern's postdoctoral symposium. And these are all, you know, really, really smart biopharma medical students. And yeah. they are going out into the world and, and leading, right? Major yeah. changes. Um, and we talked a lot about leadership. I go back to some fundamental things here. What are the positive character traits of your favorite leaders? your favorite teachers, your favorite bosses. And a lot of times those traits that make us smile are the traits that we need to be putting out there. We need to be, um, uh, we need to be, you know, and I, I talk about this, we need to be curious. We need to be listeners. Yeah. We need to be innovative and ingenious, a little clever right now. Yeah. Um, and so some of the skills that come out in leadership right now um, have to do with being articulate and being a good communicator, but they are also about being a visionary and being able to see ahead, uh, but, but being able to admit fault. And listen, leaders are just a couple steps ahead of everybody else. They don't really actually know, right? Um, and so it's really important that you admit fault or you be as honest as you can so that um, you're not seen as being hypocritical. The minute that people start to think that you're disingenuous is yeah. the minute that you turn around and nobody's following you anymore. You're not a leader. Everybody bailed behind you. Yeah. You know, it's interesting you say that. When I was writing my first book and interviewing um, global HR leaders, why asking about leadership, and one um, woman who she's been in these incredible companies and worked with all kinds of leaders, she said, people don't understand that being a leader it's really the crappiest job in the world. And the reason it's the crappiest job in the world is because everything that you do is evaluated or discussed or, you know, whether it's the decision or the way you walk or the way you talk or the words you choose. So I'm not saying leadership is the crappiest job in the world, but it is a very challenging job as you're saying. And during these times, all of those things that you listed, oh my gosh, Talk about being put on a pedestal and where they say the, the emperor has no robes. I mean, you're out there and you're, everyone's seeing everything. And it's, it's really, um, I'm sure, challenging for them because they're trying to save the company. They're trying to um, pivot in the new world because we're, oh my gosh, here's a question for you, Kim. What do you think the new yeah. world's going to look like? <laughs> <laughs> you know, um, it's it's really interesting because I think that the, there's some really fresh perspectives. Um, CEOs who are home with their young kids and seeing what a day with kids is like, um, or maybe even are in a household in which it's really tough to stay in an environment of focus, right? That every 15 minutes, somebody needs something. And so... Uh, I think that there's going to be a new normal around the work for home, from home. And I don't know what that means because we have a lot of buildings and real estate and all that, but um, they may become more community driven or in-house a couple days a week and, 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 and that stuff. E-learning in 08 went through a major transition, but now we start, we're starting to understand what is really, you know, there are certain learners we're missing here. 
uh, kinesthetic learners, uh, visual learners, uh, people who need to interact with others. Yeah. Um, so we're having a little bit of an understanding of what uh, e-learning for children looks like. We already yeah. knew about it and we're doing it for adults pretty well. Um, as far as the rest of it goes, I do think we're in store for a, a, a little bit of a recession here. And um, I think it's important for almost everybody to be thinking that whatever you think is right, right, you know, whatever you're in right now, you're only three yeah. months out from something else, one quarter, right. uh, because we just have no control over some things like whether or not our city is in lockdown or right. um, what's considered an essential or a non-essential business. Yeah. Um, and even with those, what happens when you have an employee that is tested positive? So right. uh, I've heard that handshaking will go away, that we'll yeah. never have that again. Yeah. That was interesting to me. And I'm a hugger, so I, yeah. I don't know if I, I want hugging to go away. Like, don't touch me. Uh, I know. And so that's going to be interesting. It might be a slow roll, but I see people forget it so easily. I mean, you just go out right. and you see that people think they're being good, but they just don't necessarily right. even really know what that means in right. the long run. So I you don't know, know. It's going to be really yeah. strange. You know, and, you know, I was getting ready to order new business cards. And I'm like, oh, who's going to want to touch a business card anymore? Like, are we going to hand out business cards? Like, or are we going to have gloves when we touch business cards and take our gloves off at the end? So all these things that we never used to think about are now all a part of this new normal. Um, and I think you're right. We'll probably forget about some of it and we'll make jokes about it to ease the fear and the uncertainty. But I'll be really curious to talk, you know, a year from now and say, wow, do you remember when we were talking about what would happen? You know, what it looks like. I mean, if anybody that's listening is a writer, this is a great time to try and, um, you know, just journal down your thoughts and, yeah. and keep track of it because this is unprecedented. And we will, we will have changes that come out of this, just like 9-11, um, you know, or 08 that yeah. are going to change us forever, right? And we're, we're not sure what that looks like yet, but I have a feeling it has to do with another vaccination that we'll all have to get regularly. <laughs> Probably. <laughs> uh, I always say, you know, I am really interested to see what Harvard Business Review is going to be doing with this because they take all these situations and write case studies on them. And this will be fascinating. There's going to be so many case studies come out of this. This can be absolutely fascinating. Um, you know, agree. so what are, what's a common advice that you're giving your clients right now? So taking a look at their situation and understanding the environment they're in, it usually means that I'm asking them some deep down questions about revenue. What do they need? Uh, what, what are they doing with their teams? Um, how can they move forward in a way that is graceful and looks effortless, but is actually a lot of work, right? So pivot up is all about moving to the next level, accelerating successfully. Um, pivot up is a workshop that I've given for years to startups and accelerate successfully is really about taking that um, and really getting yourself to a place where when you want to put the gas pedal on your business, 
you can. And so that means being ready. The biggest advice I'm giving right now is to try and use, if you have the luxury of time on your hands. So anybody who is a young parent and is trying to deal with yeah. kids and e-learning and all that, they're just white knuckling it right now. Right, yeah. um, and I just say, just try to survive. But if you have time, this is a great time to look at your 2020 goals and work on some of those projects that you have that you probably pushed till the end of the year or maybe the summer when it yeah. wasn't going to be as busy and um and work on those so that's marketing and it's usually uh tightening tightening up processes um maybe you know looking at some new software or technologies to invest in yeah. not because you're necessarily going to pull the trigger right now but because you have the time to do the research right so that's really it i call it b time your a time is when you're out there and you're making everything work and yeah. your B time is something that you can prioritize right now. And you will feel very productive coming out of this if yes. you do some of that. Yes. And, and as we all know, 2008, the impact of 9-11 and in other times, those that do what you're saying to do um, and are ready to accelerate whatever it is they can accelerate right now are typically the folks that will come out not only ahead, but way far ahead uh, when things start settling down. So you want to be on the cusp of that. And, uh, you know, hopefully all your clients and all the folks we know are doing all of that. I don't think all of them are, um, but it would be great if they all were so that we could all just jump into, you know, the outcome of this and just put the gas on the pedal and go. Well, the fear is what holds a lot of people back. And there's different fears I'm hearing. Fear of trying to talk to your clients and seem salesy or opportunistic right now sure. is a big fear. And so a lot of businesses are on pause because they think, well, I don't want to call somebody and ask them for their money right now. And I try to remind people that people, you know, families are making all kinds of decisions right now of what's most important or where they should be spending their money. Yep. Not every family is struggling. Not every family um, is, is in dire straits. And so when you're thinking about who your customer base is, go for the ones that would probably be more open to hearing or be open to strategic, right. uh, you know, home projects or whatever right now. Right. Yeah. Um, I think that's one fear is the fear of that. I think the second fear is um, the fear that uh, you're going to try something and fail right now. And what I say to that is it's the best time. No, you know, nobody's going to remember. I mean, we're all going through stuff. So yeah. nobody's really watching that closely. And yeah. so if you make a mistake on your podcast or your Facebook live stream or your email had a typo, like literally it's not going to matter in the long run. Right. Exactly. Right. I, I think so that's really good advice. <clears throat> so step into the fear and just do it. And um, 75, 80% is okay right now. You know, yeah. we don't have time to evaluate like we used to. And you're going to look like a superhero if you can put 80% <laughs> output right now. Uh, yeah. Really. Right. Yeah. And so for me, this is a great time. This is where I get into creative mode. But for yeah. a lot of people, it's also really, really difficult for them to get into creative mode. Yeah. And so there's all kinds of tools. Um, I, I talk a lot about that in my daily Facebook lives, yeah. um, you know, 845 in the morning to just kind of get us set for the day. Uh, but that's really all around the tools we need to actually move ourselves forward, even if it's really small. Yeah. I think it's really important. <clears throat> 
Oh, I agree. And one of the things I tell people all the time, my clients is get outside and go for a walk. Like just get out of the house and get into nature. There's something just, it doesn't matter if it's raining or snowing like it's been here or the sun is out or the wind is blowing, but there's a meditative experience about getting out into nature and putting your phone away and just watching the birds or watching the clouds. Um, And I find for a lot of my folks that helps them just to kind of settle their, their mind, their body, their soul, just kind of come to center. What is something that you ask or you recommend your folks are doing on your calls? Yep. I think a morning routine is really important and Monday through Friday is different than the weekend. And so if you find yourself like, what day is it? And, you know, (laughs) I'm calling it, you know, I'm looking at it as that you need to know what your intended purpose for the day is. And I don't care if it's one thing. I'm going to, I'm going to answer that important email. I'm going to check in with that one person. I, I really one thing and your day feels pretty productive. Yeah. So I speak to the morning routine because I'm an early riser. And so I'm sorry to all the night owls, but <laughs> you probably can figure out a night routine that works for you. Um, but it includes some of the things you're talking about. It includes, yeah. you know, for me, it's a cup of tea. It's like first yeah. and foremost. And, um, and then it's uh, some gratitude journaling or meditation. Uh, There is scientific, and I know you know this because I've heard you speak about this, but there's scientific proof that if you reset your mind at the beginning of the day, rather than going onto Facebook or into your email, you will have a better day, right? You will have more um, positive things happen to you because you aren't running that tape at the back of your head. And listen, everybody has that. I didn't realize until I went through some pretty traumatic stuff during the 08 shift that I started to realize that unless I got control of my mental health there, I was not going to be the mom, the wife, the friend, the person I wanted to be. So my morning routine also includes either a workout or a walk or um, some outside watching the birds. And, um, and then of course, you know, having a chance to check in with my family before I start my day. So that's all within an hour, you know, hour and a half that I'm doing that. Um, If you have 30 minutes, pick one or two of those. But that's what I'm saying is that an intended purpose each day will give you a little bit more structure and boundaries to what we're all going through. It also sounds like some intentional self-care. Yes. Yeah. Very important. Yeah, yeah. Well, yeah, because there's a lot of sadness going on right now and loss. So we really do have to make sure we're acknowledged. I'm not one to throw pity parties, but you do have to let yourself have the days to cry, right? Those are important. Absolutely. Yeah. And people are grieving. I mean, people are actually going through the stages of grief um, as they go through every day. And I think to recognize that and to have empathy and to be willing to um, support as you can with that. Absolutely. So what is something that we haven't spoken about, Kim, that you think that is important to share with the listeners today? Hmm. So, you know, one thing I do want to say is that, you know, we're all leaders, uh, whether that's in your family or it's in a community online or it's to your parents who, you know, might be trying to sneak out because they don't believe um, that they need to, you know, stay safe right now, whatever it is. Um, This is the time where 
if you're, if you're finding yourself not being the kind of leader you want to be, stop, write down that, those leadership qualities that you aspire to, and just try each week to focus on one of those traits. Sure. A lot of those traits are what are born out of these difficult times. Yeah. They are not anything that we are, you know, we are given as a gift at our, our you know, birth. And right. so I try to remember that everybody is, tr everybody is carrying a burden right now. Yes. And so we can be leaders in many, many very small ways. And then the other thing is to be a helper. And that one is just more of a personal core value. But if there's a way that you can get groceries for somebody, if there's a way you can help a family, if there's a way that you can pass a resume on, um, uh, I think that the more that we focus on others and help them, uh, the better off we are when we come out of this. Yeah. Acts of kindness. I call that acts of kindness. It goes a long oh, way. Oh, I love it. Acts yes. And you're yeah. be, you know, your be legendary conference. You had the coin and, yeah, um, coin. Um, I will tell you that I've been holding on to that coin <laughs> and I was originally thinking of somebody out in the community. Yeah. Um, but I, and I know this is an awe moment, but I really think I'm going to be giving that one to my husband, who has oh, just been a great partner awesome. during all of this. That's I'm fantastic. super grateful for him. Yeah. yeah. You know, I have to tell you, someone brought up, I was speaking with someone yesterday, and she said, she said, the gratitude coin, she goes, you have no idea that that coin has been traveling, because the whole intention is to give it and, you know, to share it have someone receive it and share it and receive. So it's that constant movement. So that coin has traveled from person to person to person. I'm like, that's the whole intention of it, right? Is to have that. Oh. So I love that story. So um, it's been delighted, was delighted to hear that for sure. But so thank you for bringing that up. That was one of my dreams that I had in my, in my list of dreams that I wanted to do. So that was fun. So cool. one last question for you. Um, so you do a lot. You're creative. Um, you've got family, you've got businesses, you've got good relationships and connections. What is it that makes you want to get up in the morning and get the day, get the day going? Hmm. Good question. I mean, honestly, uh, I love working. I really do. And I, I've always said this, like, I don't know what I would do if I wasn't working. I'm a great mom. But I can do that while I, I pursue my own passion. Um, I'm finding that a lot of my, um, my joy is coming out of writing right now, mm -hmm. where I'm able to communicate things. Um, and so I've really gotten back into a writing community, and I've been going to some writing retreats. And so when I'm thinking about like laying in bed, and I'm tired, and I don't want to go to work, the very first thing I think about is like, what is work, you know, that yeah. I get up and I write about really cool stuff or um, that I get to, you know, put on a Facebook live and, you know, dance around to my own ideas. <laughs> yeah. So I think having designed my life the way I, I have has given me the ability to, um, I don't want to say jump out of bed, yeah. but I certainly am not one. I don't, I don't ever press the snooze button. Actually, I don't even have an alarm. <laughs> I, I just wake up. Right. So, yeah. um, that's, that's the thing that I, um, I cherish the most about the morning. Awesome. That's fantastic. Well, Kim, this has been just a wonderful time spent with you and appreciate all of your insights. Um, and, you know, you're always willing to share your experiences and information, which is so helpful for everyone to learn um, from you. How would people 
um, get in touch with you if they wanted to learn more? Sure. So um, I have a really great Facebook page, Accelerate Successfully. Yes, and it is. That group, <laughs> it's, it's awesome. That group is yeah. Thank you. That group is open right now. So anybody is able to come find me at Accelerate Successfully on Facebook and join in and come see me Monday through Friday doing um, motivational and inspirational stuff um, at 845. Um, another way is that they can reach out to me, um, you know, Kim.Kleeman at AccelerateSuccessfully.com. I do offer one-on-one -on -one coaching. We do have group coaching that's coming, and um, I have the 15-day challenge that's about to come up. So I have lots of ways to motivate externally for people if they'd like to, if they'd like to have some of that. That's fantastic. Well, Kim, thank you so much for joining the program, and thank you so much for sharing your wisdom with everyone today. Thank you, and thanks so much for putting this show on. It's wonderful. Thank you. We'll chat soon. Okay, bye-bye. Bye-bye.